This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hiya, it's Mark here and welcome to episode 8 of the Clonmel Podcast for this Friday, the 9th of October. I won't even ask how your week was because it was fairly rubbish, wasn't it? Level 3 restrictions kicked in regarding COVID-19, which means we can't move around, we can't go from county to county. Here's a point, actually. Isn't parts of the old bridge over in County Waterford? Just a thought. And also, because of level 3 restrictions, some bars, restaurants, cafes, and sadly, other businesses have to close their doors in Clonmel. My heart goes out to you all. It really does. One thing I will say to everyone listening right now, please shop local. We need to do that more than ever at this time right now. Come on, let's shop local. On a lighter note this week, Instagram was 10 years old. We found out that Matt Damon and Jodie Comer and the casting crew from The Last Duel spent two nights in the Clonmel Park Hotel and thoroughly enjoyed it by all accounts. So what's coming up on this week's podcast? Details on the School Bikes for Africa campaign. Sadly, more scams doing the round, trying to get one over on you. A skateboard park is coming to the town. I haven't skateboarded since I was a kid. I'll be straight down there. And we take a trip back to 90s Clonmel and the nightlife around that time with DJ Mikko Dowd, resident DJ back then, at the Market Tavern, Brewery Bar and the Clonmel Arms. There were some very strange nights down there. Like, if I remember correctly, I think there was a live chicken in the window in a cage. All this and more coming up on this week's podcast. The Clonmel Podcast. Now, the guards have been on to us regarding a phishing scam. I know what you're thinking. There's someone down by the quay fishing illegally and then trying to sell it to you. No, it's not. This is done over the internet by people claiming to be from the Department of Justice and Equality. The email address will say jury at justice.ie. It's completely fake because what they're trying to do is direct you to a cloned website well, they will ask for your name, date of birth, and PPS number, and you think you're signing up for jury service. Please don't do this. It's a scam. Stay well away. I think I prefer the first option of the dodgy trout. Now, speaking of scams, if you use PayPal, be on the lookout for this one. You'll receive an email from these people claiming to be PayPal, but it's not. They'll be informing you that your account has been suspended due to suspicious activity on your credit cards linked to your PayPal account. It's a scam. Just delete the email. And if you want, just go into your own PayPal account and check to see that everything is in order. Now, fancy another scam. Yeah, let's have one more, shall we? This one is coming from people claiming to be from revenue saying that you owe them money. Do you remember last week we had the text saying that that they were giving you the money? Well, this week they're taking it back, claiming that you owe them money. Don't give out your bank details. It's a complete and utter scam, even though they do sound very convincing. If in any doubts whatsoever, just contact the revenue or go to revenue.ie. The Clonmel Rotary Club have launched a school bike for Africa appeal, and here's club president Leslie Connolly to tell us more. Well, the school bikes have been going for, it's in the seventh year now, and we believe that from Clonmel we've already sent 500 bikes to various countries in Africa, but this year they'll be going to the Gambia. The idea is that people will bring their bikes which must be 24 inches in the wheel with a wide wheel and suitable for repair. They can't be too badly painted or anything like that. They must look reasonably respectable. And then they will drop them off at the Carrageen Recycling Plant and there will be no charge to anybody for that. So basically we're looking for the the bikes like maybe old mountain bikes, Les, is that what you're saying, those type of bikes? 
Yes, yes. Uh, unfortunately, we can't accept children's bikes. The 24 inches is critical because they're for senior school pupils. These are people who have to, have up to now been walking five kilometres a day to school and back again. And it wasn't unusual, I'm guessing, in Ireland for people to walk those sort of distances. So I'm, I'm sure people might have heard from their grandparents how long it took them. But in, in Africa, they're walking in baking hot sun and they're probably not fed before they go. They probably don't have any proper water to bring with them. When they get to the school, it's probably just a tin roof shelter and the temperatures there are very high. And none of that is conducive to good learning. But with the bikes, we know that the pupils make better attendances at the schools and that they do get better outcomes from their learning. So it's a really, really valuable exercise. How many years has this been going now? Seven years. Seven, seven years. years. Yes. So people might have some old bikes lying in the shed that they're not using anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if, it, if it has the criteria, the wider wheels in good condition, drop it off at the Carrageen Recycling Centre. That's correct, yes. And, and they'll be collecting them from the 10th, this is this Saturday coming, and on the following Saturday to the 17th. There's no charge and we, we really have to thank Tipperary County Council and Clonmel Council for supporting us in this. It helps them with not putting stuff into landfill, so it's a very in, environmental project. It then goes, the bikes will then be taken up to Lochen House for refurbishment, and the, the prisoners that there are trained how to maintain bikes, so they get a a bonus if you like they will come out with a, a certificate to say that they can maintain bikes and then the army um, are collecting bikes from many places around the country but in our case larry o'keefe is taking them up to it'll either be lochen house or shelton abbey open prisons where they're working on these projects. So it's now in two prisons. It was only at Lochen House before. And, and we have to thank Larry very, very much for supporting us over the seven years in transporting all these bikes that we sent to Africa. So it's just a really wonderful cooperative project for everybody. It certainly is. And Leslie, thank you for passing on the information on the Clomwell podcast this week. OK, thank you. Thank you, Leslie. And staying with the Rotary Club in Clonmel, they've teamed up with IUNVA, the Irish United Nations Veterans Association. They've come together because they are looking for school aid and medical aid to be sent out to the Lebanon. Now, the school aid they're looking for are the likes of textbooks, copybooks, stationery, educational toys, sports kits and equipment, and serviceable IT equipment too. This will be sent out to South Lebanon. And the medical aid, which they're looking for, PPE, face masks, gloves, sanitizer, badges, plus and basic first aid kits that will be going out to Beirut. Now, if you can help, you can drop off your items to the Railway Station Cafe on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday from 2pm to 5pm. That's Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday at the Railway Station Cafe between 2 and 5pm and they're there for the next couple of weeks. Now, let's talk skateboarding because Clonmel is to get its own skateboard park It'll be located at the LIT campus and Tipperary County Council has secured provisional funding approval of 5 million euros. The funding will go towards a mix of athletics, cycling and outdoor recreational facilities, which will include a skateboard park and playground. I remember skateboarding back in the day when I was a lad. Fell off more times, honestly. 
Now, staying with Tipperary County Council, they have introduced a range of restrictions to its public services due to Level 3 restrictions, which came into force during the week. Customers are being urged to be aware of changes to the library, leisure centres, as well as its public offices. The council has announced a range of measures, including the closure of the Tipperary Museum. Uh, More on that coming up, by the way. The Clonmel Library will only be available for e-services as well as click and collect. The Clonmel Swimming Pool will only be available for individual training until further notice. You see, in situations now like that, you want to go for a swim, don't you? You do. Even though you didn't go there all year round, but because you haven't got full access, you want to go. It's a bit like on Ash Wednesday when you fancy a bacon sandwich, but you know you shouldn't have one. Just thought I would throw that in because I know what you're thinking right now. You want to go for a swim and a bacon sandwich, but not together, hopefully. It could get a bit soggy in that water. Now, moving on, direct access to the council's offices in town will only be available via customer service desks and receipt offices. Here's some good news. The motor tax offices will remain open in Clonmel, just to keep your cars legally taxed and all that. And the council are asking people to make an appointment with the appropriate section in advance if possible. Now, regarding the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History, they are closed, but very busy working behind the scenes, creating exciting programs for when they open again. Oh, speaking of which, the museum has now announced that Lecture 1 in its War of Independence lecture series is now available to view on their website. The lecture is given by Gabriel Doherty from UCC and is entitled The British Cabinet and Ireland 1918-21. to And that website is www.hiddenhistory.ie and have a look on their Facebook page too. Still to come on the Clonmel Podcast, we're going back to 90s Clonmel with DJ Mick O'Dowd. The Clonmel Podcast. Now, with some of the businesses forced to close due to the current Level 3 restrictions like bars, restaurants, cafes they may have made alternative plans to trade. So it might be worth checking out their social media sites just to see what's going on with them right now. And here's a great Facebook page to check out too. It's the Clonmel COVID-19 Community Help and Support page where you'll find so much information on this right there. Now, tomorrow is World Mental Health Day and HSE Island has launched a free tech service. It's 50808, providing everything from a calming chat to immediate support for people going for a mental health or emotional crisis at this time. Crisis volunteers are available 24-7 for anonymous, supportive text conversations. Here's what you do. Just text the word TALK to 50808 to begin. And finally, for the moment, the Mary Coughlin gig at the White Memorial Theatre on Saturday, the 17th of October, has been postponed, sadly, due to Level 3 guidelines. Okay, it's time for this week's Clonmel podcast interview. I got to sit down with Mick O'Dowd. Mick O'Dowd was one time resident DJ at the Market Tavern, the Clonmel Arms, and also the Brewery Bar. The Clonmel Podcast. Back in the late 80s, 90s, Clonmel was thriving. There was loads of pubs in town and at least three to four, if not five clubs on the go. On the line, I'm joined right now by one of those DJs. It's a pleasure to introduce Mick O'Dowd to the Clonmel Podcast. Mick, you're very welcome. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you doing? Mate, it's it's a pleasure to talk to you because before we get into the story with yourself, my memories of you is meeting you first in the brewery bar back in the mid-90s and also yes. seeing you play in the Clomel Arms. 
Yes, good days, Mark. Good days. Um, yeah, the, the, there was a few bars and a few clubs around town. Like mainly, I, I think what um, what was a really good connection with Clonmel was, you know, there was always a good sort of early nightlife. You yeah. know, like you had the brewery bar, you had the market tavern, you had Tierney's. You know, you, you had a lot going on sort of between eight, half eight in the night. And then you used to venture off down to, to different places too as well. Main clubs going back into the into the late eighties, early nineties. You'd have been talking about Hotel Manila, wow. Club and Arms. You'd have been talking about Barry's, and of course Danos. And don't forget, Mick. Of course, the weekend started in Clonmel on a Thursday. Back then, it went Thursday, uh, Friday, it, Saturday, it, Sunday. Uh, in Clonmel, Mark, I think it was sort of seven days a week. It looked like it was seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, definitely um, Thursday to, to Sunday, you know, and most of the places like were, were packed, you know, four nights a week. And where, where did you start, Mick? The Market Tavern. And um, you've been talking about the brewery bar as well. I was in there. And the late clubs, I would have started in Hearns Hotel. For, I was down there for, for, I'd say, about a year. And then I eventually moved into a place called the Club Mill Arms, which would have been known as 90s back then. The 90s um, nightclub, yeah. To, to a very good friend of both of ours, I think, Mark. Uh, I think we'll give him a mention, which would be the, the great late Paul Winters. May rest in peace. Great, fantastic DJ and a top guy as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Paul sort of, you know, he started me off in Everton. Like, I started the function DJ upstairs in, in, in the Clamon Arms, and there used to be an overflow nightclub up, then, up, up, in, the, up in the Clamon Arms back then too as well. You know, even on the Saturday nights, it was, it was nuts. <laughs> it shows you how big it was back then, actually. People going out, enjoying themselves. And don't forget, I believe that was run by the Pettits, wasn't it? Vinny Pettit and also Kevin Pettit? Uh, yeah, they would have been the sons. It would have been Brendan that would have owned us. That's um, right. He was very, very, very nice man. Did you know about this? They had they had these club cards you could actually get in if you were lucky to have one. You had a bronze card, a silver card, and a gold card. Do you know about those? Um, yeah, but we used to go. I think back then we used to go out with um, with all free passes. I think back then, Mark, and we used to run them out of bars and, and this, that, and the other thing too as well. Like if 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 I was playing inside inside the market tavern or. You know, you'd always get a pass for the common arms, or if you were playing in the brewery bar, you'd always be be left out the side door, <laughs> up to Danos, you know yourself. And of course, Mick, you <laughs> thanks can't... to Paul Higgins as usual. Paul Higgins, yes, of course, in Danos. And of course, you can't you can't forget about when you went to a nightclub. I don't know if you were privy to this, Mick, but when we went as guests or we paid to get in, you got you got a meal as well. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking about that today. Um, Do you remember when, it? <laughs> before I said it, before we were speaking, and uh, yeah, it used to be great to get a, a, a burger and chips on a Saturday night. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> they had to serve that. That was part of the license, though. Was they had to serve it? Was part it, but... of, it was part of the license. Yeah, back then, um, like I think you'd be looking at sort of '95 to about '97. That sort of came into as well. And if you want to go back even further, you mentioned Hotel Manila earlier. I mean, there was a bus, and what a, what a great incentive by, of course, John Nallon at the time to supply Absolutely. a bus, a town bus driven by Eddie Harris in Clonmel. Everyone pile into That's the bus and out to Manila. Yeah, it was very, very good. Um, yeah, the, whole, the, the Hotel Manila sort of started, and, you know, like we can't really forget about Barry's nightclub too as well, like, Mick Barry was an absolute gentleman too as well. That's right. Mick used to have the old Texaco station down at Waterford Road years ago. That's right. That's right. He certainly did. And Barry's, of course, yet another great nightclub. That's what I'm trying to say, Mick. Clonmel was thriving with nightlife back then, wasn't it? 
it was fantastic and, and like you, you Gleason's on the go then too as well you know what I'm saying like it was always like there was entertainment in all the pubs you know what I'm saying in, in Clonmel like you know like you're talking about Gleason's you're coming down to Tierney's you know like there was another bar in, 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 certain, in town then as well that came into the 90s that used to be um, across the road from the Market Tavern um, where was that Mick? It turned into a mad bar, but the name, the name of it will come to me. I'm sure someone knows it on the podcast. Let us know if you can. <laughs> Absolutely. There was a market yeah. tavern you mentioned. There was also Miller's Bar, which was used to be Billy Gibbs back in the day. There would have been yeah, Powers. There was Powers. There was Lonigan's, of course, which is now not there, sadly. It's closed again. The Vans was up That's then. Right. Harry's, Harry's Court. There was another bar as well. Um, yeah. And the post house, Mick. Remember the post house? The post house as well. Yeah, the post house would have been, yeah, it, it would have been there as well. That bar I was actually trying to think about there was a bar called Miller's. Yeah, Miller's, mate. Ask one. Yep. That's it. That's where Billy Gibbs is, well, was too, wasn't it? It was an old Billy Gibbs That's bar. That's exactly it. Yeah. Right alongside, it used to be called Quinsworth at the time, Tesco's and all that. So you, you where else did you play in town, Mick? Well, they would have been the main places that, you know, where I would have held out residencies, Mark. You know, like I played, you know, in, in, in a couple of bars. I've done one or two gigs in Gleason's, done one or two gigs in, in, in Tierney's, I think. Um, there, like there was all, You were always busy in Clum. I can remember the brewery bar when that opened, actually, because before that, Mulcahy's was kind of just had the straight run in and that was it. And then all of a sudden, the brewery bar opened. And you had this amazing scene. You had the DJ box on the left at the top of the stairs. I remember you being there. And people would actually stand at the top of the stairs and you could look down to see who was there. (laughs) Yeah, it it was a lovely little sort of um, intimate sort of um, setting inside down there in the brewery bar, you know. They brought in big bands as well. Did they? Into the brewery bar? Yeah, they did. They certainly did. Wow. I never knew that now. Mm, they that, did. that, of course, as, as as you were part of this too, where I met my now wife, Anya. Um, yeah, I'm still waiting for the check there, Mark, but anyway. You saw it all happen, Mick, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> saw it all happen. Yes, definitely did, Mark. Definitely did. To be at that time, it's an absolute smashing garage, you know what I'm saying? And still is to this day. Any standout moments for you, Mick, playing in Clomel over the years? Was there a favourite of yours as well? Um, well, standout moments would have always been the Clamwell Arms and the Brewery. But like every place I played, Mark, would have always been standout, you know, standout moments for me at the end of the day. But I suppose, you know, for, for a crowd and for, you know, for four nights a week inside in the place, like the Clamwell Arms, it, it really sort of took off. You know, it had its moments. Like Danos came in and, and put in the super club. You know what I'm saying? Which was they did, yeah. You're right. They did. Absolutely unique, and they brought in a couple of DJs up there that sort of taught us a few tricks too, as well, Mark. Really? You know, going back then, I don't think the, the DJs sort of clicked into this mix and sort of a thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Those two lads, I remember their names extremely well, actually. One of them was from Waterford, and the other was from Tremor, and their names were Bernard Delaney and Kevis Power. Mm. And uh, they sort of knew how to. They knew their way around a set of twelve tens fairly handy. Now, let me tell you. And there's always that kind of rivalry, wasn't there, between the Arms or Danos? It was kind of at that stage, well, even back then, it was the three clubs. Where did you go? It was the Arms, Danos or Barry's. Which one did you decide to go to? And no offence to Barry's, but... I think back in them days, Mark, I think we made a three-mum on a nightly trip, but anyway. (laughs) But then there was that situation, Mick, where, you you know, for some unknown reason, 
you may not be, let's just say, allowed into one of, say, like um, the Arms or Dano's, but you knew, and I, I mean this in the nicest possible way, you'd always get into Barry's. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I suppose, you know, sometimes they were, you know, they were a little bit strict. But in, in saying that, like, like the 90s were good harmless days as well. Yeah. Like, you were dealing with people that sort of, I suppose, you know, had, had a bit too much to drink in them. You know what I'm saying? And they'd always just tell you, come back in an hour or go and get a burger or something like that or a cup of coffee or something, come back to me. Um, it was always sort of, uh, you know, in, in that sense, it was never... There was no malice of anything like that. If you just had too much to drink in most places, like I suppose it, it did happen. But yeah, you'd always sort of you know, you'd walk up the main street and you'd always sort of uh, fall left down that little lane, and, and you could always get in, in in the main door of, of Mike Mike and Jerry's place. Yeah. And I have to say as well, you mentioned there about you know you, you might be asked, you know, you've had too much to drink, rather you not come in, say to the arms. There was two amazing doormen. There was Morris, may he rest in peace, and Matty, wasn't there? Um, yeah, I, I remember Morris very well. And, and actually, Morris lived very near me in Waterford when I moved to Waterford as well. And uh, absolutely a hell of a nice guy. And, and Matty, he escapes me for a minute, but there was always Big Frank. I don't know if you remember yeah, Big Frank. Yeah, sorry, Big door. Frank as well. Big Frank on the door as well. And, um, yeah, look, look, all the lads, and like Richie Crow up there and Danos too as well. Mm. Gentlemen, do you know what I'm saying? And and Mick, did they ever do any beach parties around town back then in the nineties? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> there was a lot of beach parties. That there was a good few of them in the Market Tavern, and there was a good few of them in the Club Alarms too, as well. And like, funny story is is God rest uh, Paul Winters. I really shouldn't be saying this, but mm. uh, I suppose it's all in the fun of it. Um, the we went down to Ross Lear and we, we took all the sand off the beach one day and we put it into the back of a bread van and brought it up to the Common Arms, believe it or believe it not. <laughs> you are kidding me. No, I'm not. No, sorry, it wasn't the Common Arms. It was the Market Tavern. <laughs> Mate, that, my friend, is the truth. That's a great story. How, how much sand did you get in the back of the bread van? Um, we got a good few bags of it in and, uh, you know, like, thankfully enough, the Market Tavern wasn't really a big place that you could put sand into because I don't know if you remember the Market Tavern, but there was a stairs in the middle of it. There was. My good wife fell asleep on the stairs a few times, so she tells me. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she really is going to love you for that one, Mark. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so we just had it on both sides of the stairs as you came in the door and, mm. you know, at, at the, the back door as well. So, yeah, done its job. Like, there were some very strange nights down there. Like, we done, we done a hole down down there one night. Brilliant. <laughs> and there was bales of hay inside there. And if I remember correctly, I think there was a live chicken in the window in a cage. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> I think, do you know what it was like back then as well? It was like one club trying to outdo the other. We'd come up with some sort of idea. Let's face it, because of the competition, Mick, attract the crowds in. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. But like, like, Clement was very inventive. Like, he, he, like I'm, I know I mentioned the market having an awful lot. I suppose it's the fact that I worked there and whatever mm. it may be. But like, there, there was a time that they were actually talking about doing mock weddings and everything there. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who ran the market tavern then, Mick? A fella called Joe Welch, lovely, lovely man. It changed hands a few times while I worked there, but definitely when when Joe Welch um, ran it. I don't think the doors ever closed in that place, Mark, from, you know, from Monday to Sunday. Yeah. 
It was a great bar. It really was. And and also looking at the clubs around town, I mean, we, we go back to the Clonmel Arms. I don't know when you were in Clonmel last, Mick, but to see the arms the way it is now is very sad. It's just closed up. Yeah. Well, I've actually seen pictures of it, Mark. And yeah, it, it's very disheartening, you know, to see things like that as well. Yeah, but it's it's just the times that we're in, Mark, and, and I really can't see it getting any better the way things are at the minute. Well, not with the COVID anyway, the way things are. It's it's just a sad state. But you know what? It's great to have those memories when you look back and, and we're lucky enough to have them, I think, as well, aren't we? Absolutely, Mark. And and I think like, like everyone sort of speaks about different genres and different eras and different decades and whatever it may be. And I just think coming into the 90s, like I think we just sort of hit it at the right time musically. You were coming into house music and you were coming into different genres of music and whatever it may be. And you were coming into different sort of systems that you had to play with. You know, like as in equipment wise. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like we all had 12 tens and we all had seven inch records and, you know, like this, like we had CD pairs, but next thing there was an invention of Denon CD pairs, the Mark ones and the Mark twos and the Mark threes. And next thing out of nowhere, then you're looking at the Pioneer, you're looking at the Pioneer 500s, you know, that were like spaceships inside in the, inside in the DJ box. But, you know, Going, going forward up to 2003, then you have a thing called Serato, which most people are using now. And I just think the 90s was very good because it was all vinyl. And like I remember buying my first CD player in actually 1990. I bet you thought it was something special. And um, yeah, to drive the whole way to Dublin up to Power City and Blanchardstown to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you prefer playing vinyl records rather than CDs? Um, yeah, look, it's it's what we learned, Mark. It is, You yeah. know it yourself too as well. And I, I think, you know, the 12-inch records, it, it gave us a bit of time to, Go to the toilet. sort of get the <laughs> speed right and get the temp right and the whole lot of of, uh, of the next song. And yeah, it, uh, it, it worked fairly well. And you were busy. <laughs> you weren't sitting back. You were busy for the three hours. You were in behind that DJ box. Yeah. Did you ever get asked any strange things, Mick, while you were in the DJ box? May I ask that? Um no, I just always, um, there would be the odd person that say, uh, are you okay for a sherbet there, Mick? I've no idea who that lad is. <laughs> that was me, of course it was, because I just gave you my coat. That was another thing. It was always the DJ look yeah, after like, your coats. Like, uh, the DJ box was definitely the first cloakroom. It wasn't the second cloakroom. It was the first cloakroom. It was, so wasn't it? It was just... Or a record or something like that, and you'd find it in someone's jacket or someone's handbag or something like that. But anyway... I just remember looking at it one day in your DJ box, just full of people's coats. It was like, how do yeah. you move in there, Mick? Yeah, absolutely. All I was missing was just a rail and, and hangers and tickets at one stage, you know, so good times. They were good Very times. Good. And I have to ask this question to you as well. DJs have a bit of a reputation, haven't they, Mick? Um, were you propositioned well, a few times? Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You're keeping quiet. You, you... I was married back then. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't realise. <laughs> and listen, I believe now you do do some stuff on Facebook too, don't you? Um, yeah, during the COVID, like I live up in a lovely place up here in County Kildare, and um, like I've got into doing just just all weddings now. I know that they're sort of gone out the window now for the time being, but um, yeah, like I'm up here, like, like I'm a sales rep on the road now, and like you know, you're just here on your own, and I'm just getting a few text messages from a few people. Hop a few tunes there, and like, what are you doing? And I, I suppose it's the fact that when I ended up in Dublin and DJ in Dublin, I'd have a lot of friends up here as well. Mm. So, no, not forgetting where I come from, which is Afan and Capoquin, and mm. you know, people in Clonmel and, and places like that, Waterford, Carrick, and Shore. 
yeah. um, Wexford even, uh, you know, as, as well. And um, like, I, I, well, I can't leave out, you know, Count Kilkenny as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was getting the odd message. And I, I, I have to say, it was a, I was a bit apprehensive, you know, about doing it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it, you know, passes the time. It keeps you, I suppose, fresh at the end of the day. And, you know, it's, 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 a different, it's a different sort of show. Radio would never have been my thing, Mark, you know, even though I have the face for radio. But anyway. <laughs> hey, listen, I have too, so that makes two of us, Mick. All I would say to you is um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. One final question. How long were you in Clonmel for, Mick? How many years? Um, I would have left Clonmel. Um, I started in DJ. Uh, DJ-wise, I would have started in 1994, 95, and I DJed up there to about 2002. Okay, so of all your years in Clonmel, what's your fondest memory? Fondest memory, what I suppose, like all the all, all the people that I met up there, number one, you know, what I'm saying that I'm still pretty good friends with. Mm. Um, all oh, the lads that, that that were, you know, a couple of years younger than me at the end of the day that became DJs, the likes of Paul O'Donnell, Stephen McGrath, um, all people like that. Um, I think people would have enjoyed themselves um, in the venues that that they were in, not necessarily where I played or at night that. But uh, fondest memories would definitely have to be the Market Tavern and the Clonmel Arms, of course. Well, that's what I remember you for, is is being in the brewery bar and also in the Clonmel Arms. And you know what? Mick O'Dowd, it's been great reliving those memories from the 90s about the nightlife in Clonmel that was thriving so much back then. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this week, Mick. Mark, thank you very much indeed. It's been an absolute pleasure, and thank you again. Do you know something? Really enjoyed that chat with Mick O'Dowd. Now, coming up next week, we're going back to the Regal Theatre days with Bill Flynn. Um, well, the chorus had 15 pages of writers. Everything from cranberry juice to, like, they want a lot of snacks down the dressing rooms and that. We had to go all over the town to get them. <laughs> Also, if you'd like something mentioned on the podcast, you can email theclonmelpodcast at gmail.com, contact us through the website, theclonmelpodcast.com, and on social media too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. In the meantime, do follow the HSC government guidelines, especially now we're in level three restrictions. Keep washing your hands and wearing your face masks and keeping your two-metre social distance. Until next week, look after one another and stay safe. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.